It's Thursday morning and time for you and your money. Today, I'm joined by Lazel Cording, Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor at Weiss, Hale & Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. And today, Lazel and I will be discussing three big reasons why you should consider creating a trust in addition to a will. But as always, we start with the latest news from financial markets. Lizel, good morning. What's going on with the markets? Good morning, Wayne. Well, there's a lot going on, but uh, over the last uh, week or so, we've had uh, gotten a better sense for what monetary policy will be doing with the last Federal Reserve meeting. And last year, we saw the steepest interest rate increase in recent history, and that was a result of the inflation that the Federal Reserve is still trying to combat. And so with this last rate increase, we have a clearer picture going forward uh, in what the potential will look like for interest rate increases. And if all goes well, which if inflation still continues to come down and moderate, if the economy is still growing slowly and consumers are feeling confident, then likely we'll probably start to see some rate decreases over the next year, which will be a really good thing for markets and for investors. And so on our investment committee, that's really what we're monitoring the closest. And we're adjusting portfolios and and looking for pockets of opportunity that may potentially come up with these interest rate increases. So that's really been a focus of ours. There's other risks as well with the geopolitical and the war in Ukraine. And that's still an ongoing issue, uh, but not something we see as a huge risk to markets right now. And with all that said, though, Wayne, markets have continued to rally with a better than expected, uh, with the better than expected economic news. So that's been a positive. The S&P is up over 20% on a year-to-date basis as of last week. The Dow is up about 8%. NASDAQ up about 37%. That's mostly driven by tech and growth stocks. And bonds haven't fared as well on a year-to-date basis, but they're still positive, and they're up ranging between 2 and 6%. Uh, so, and as we always say, what does this mean for investors? Well, Keeping a close eye on risks is key. We're not done with these ups and downs that we're seeing uh, and will likely continue to see a rally uh, as many risks are already priced into the market. And if we see these interest rates start to come down over the next year, that'll be positive as well. So as always, stay focused on your longer term goals. Check back in on them if, if you don't remember what they are and just don't let the short term volatility impact those goals. And speaking of volatility, the the market had some kind of a, a record run there, and the best run they've had of continued positive growth for it was, it was several weeks or several months in a row until yesterday. Do you feel yesterday was a hiccup, or might that be a trend turning things in the other direction? I uh, it was a hiccup, and we're going to see these days where we have some down days that are pretty significant, and it's really because of headlines or headline risk. Uh, But for now, we're seeing that things are looking much better, expecting that likely there will be a soft landing as it relates to a potential recession and maybe a very um, short recession if we do get one. So all good things in terms of the fundamentals of the economy. Although a lot of people have used the R word in the last year or two, and I don't think it's happened yet. All right, on to today's topic. It's surprising to learn that a significant number of adults don't even have a will in place that sets out how their assets are to be handed down, and even fewer have created a trust. But I understand the trust can offer some pretty big benefits regardless of how much or how little wealth you have. Absolutely, Wayne. And 
trusts are, so just to give you some background on a trust, they are legal documents that allow individuals to protect and control their assets. So that's really important. And contrary to popular belief, people think that, oh, trusts are really only for the ultra-wealthy, but it can really benefit anybody that would like to efficiently manage assets after death or in the event that they become incapacitated. And uh, this provides a way to take care of dependents or minors or children or even uh, children that have special needs. So there's four main types of trusts that uh, people can consider, and they are uh, you have a revocable trust or a living trust, an irrevocable trust, and then a testamentary trust, which is actually linked to your will. Uh, But revocable trust can be altered, whereas irrevocable trust cannot. And, um, and of course, living trusts are ones that are created during your lifetime, whereas the testamentary trusts are created after death based on your individual's will. So, again, linked to your will. But those are the four main types. You had indicated that irrevocable trust cannot be changed. What if I set up an irrevocable trust when I'm 30 and now I'm 70 and I go, you know, that wasn't a good idea. I want to change something. I can't change something I did 40 years ago? That's right, Wayne. So there's uh, when you create an irrevocable trust, it the provisions that you put into that trust are what the trustee, so the person that you appointed to oversee that trust, they have to abide by those provisions during the lifetime of the trust. So you even see trusts that go back a hundred years, and it, it it's been that money has been passed down from family member to family member. You can't ch- change the trust now. There is, if you have beneficiaries that are in an uproar about some old language and trust, it's possible they may go to court and there may be some uh, additional uh, changes that may be made in, in that way. But that's really the only way. I mean, typically you establish an irrevocable trust in the provisions, and, and usually they're pretty broad. So the trustee uses their discretion to distribute to beneficiaries. So it's up to the trustee based on what the beneficiary is requesting, whether or not they'd like to distribute funds out of the irrevocable trust. So, I guess that word irrevocable means irrevocable. All right, so we're discussing trusts and wills today. Liesl, how is a trust different than a will, and why would someone want to create one? Well, there's certain benefits that a uh, trust offer uh, that a will does not. And I'll, I'll talk about the three main ones. Number one, control. Number two, avoiding probate. And number three, helping to manage estate taxes. So we'll talk first about the control. And this goes back to the irrevocable uh, example we were just talking about, where you have the flexibility and control over how you'd like assets distributed both during your lifetime and after you're no longer here. So in that irrevocable trust example, if you set out that trust for yourself and some other beneficiaries, you have full control over what happens to that money uh, during your life and, and after. And then if you set out an ir- or, sorry a revocable trust, you have full control. You can also change that revocable trust and make amendments to it while you are alive. But here's the catch. As soon as you pass away, that revocable trust becomes irrevocable. Uh, but it's really setting up it's that control that you have. And if you're really adamant about how the money that you saved is spent 
uh, while you're here and while you're while you're not here, then it might be something you would consider if you wanted to have that control. Well, that does seem like a huge benefit, and that alone seems like enough of a benefit for anyone to establish a trust. But what are some of the other benefits? Sure. So avoiding probate is a key benefit there, and that means that if you have something that's titled in the name of your revocable trust, for example, you have a sizable investment account, that account would be distributed to beneficiaries outside of probate. So anytime someone passes away, they have a will, that will gets admitted to probate. They, uh, the probate court wants to know what are all their assets, but you would not list any trust on that, uh, that docket listing their assets. So it makes it more private. Those are definitely valuable advantages. How about taxes? Do trusts provide any advantages there? There's a couple of advantages, and there there is a disadvantage, uh, but I'll talk about the advantages first. And uh, you probably heard or have heard us talk about the SECURE Act, and that was passed in December 2019. There was a more recent SECURE Act 2.0 that was also passed. and uh, But what that did was it changed the way that non-spouse IRA beneficiaries receive uh, retirement assets. So they have to pay that money out over 10 years, whereas if you name a trust as a beneficiary, you might be able to pass that retirement account over a longer period of time. So that's a benefit to some that maybe are in a higher income tax uh, bracket, whereas they might not be later in life. So that's that's one benefit. That's one tactic that has been used. Uh, a downside to, to, to doing a trust is that the taxes rate is hit at a pretty high level pretty quickly. So you hit that high income tax rate at after $14,000 in income. So that's, that's a downside to ha- having money linked up into a trust. And clarify the tax thing. Is that something if I set up a trust that I get taxed now, or is that when the money starts to get distributed down the road? Mm-hmm. It would. So the trust would itself have to pay the taxes. If, if you pass it out to a beneficiary, then that income that was created within the trust gets taxed at the beneficiary's tax rate. So it all depends, and, and that would be in an irrevocable. In a revocable case, it's likely showing up on your, your tax return under your own tax rate. So a little bit of a difference there. Important to know. Any other tax benefits? Yeah, well, there is uh, one if you have significant wealth. And so I heard you talking about Tom Brady. It's his birthday today. Uh, but if you think of someone like Tom Brady who has wealth that's over uh, $13 million. Right now, the estate tax exemption is $12.92 million. So of Tom Brady's massive wealth, $12.92 million will not be taxed if he were to pass away. Uh, and that's if you create a trust, you're able to help to avoid some of those taxes above that number uh, if, if he were to create a trust. I'm sure he's got a pretty extensive estate plan. So. Now, let's touch now on the potential disadvantages of establishing trust. What should people be aware of before deciding to establish one? Well, you want to make sure that trusts are established correctly. They are very complex legal documents. Unlike the simplicity of a will, you say, oh, I want this money to go here and there in a will. But small errors in a trust can have an impact and on intended benefits for beneficiaries, for example, and uh, so you always want to work with an attorney and a financial advisor when establishing a trust. 
just to ensure that everything is done properly. You're thinking of all the different obstacles or challenges that may come about and uh, establishing that trust too. It does come with some upfront costs and ongoing maintenance uh, and expenses for uh, retitling things and other administrative tasks that come along with managing a trust. And I would say the one thing that we've seen in our while I've been working in this industry for many years, is that sometimes people will create trust and then they forget to put the their assets into the name of a trust. So when you create a trust, make sure you're titling whatever assets you're supposed to be titling into the name of that trust because otherwise it'll go by way of your will if you don't do that. So that's really important. That seems pretty obvious. Do people actually forget that? They do, Wayne. It's Yeah, it's surprising because... You'll be working with a client that comes to you, maybe they're a new client, and you find out they have a, a trust, and you say, okay, well, why didn't you title your investments in the name of your trust? And it's just they weren't, the, they didn't tell the attorney they had that investment account, or so it's, it, um, you just want to be sure that you're checking every, you know, crossing every T and dotting every I when it comes to that. Liza, when it comes to listing your assets, how far down the value totem pole do you go? Would you list your rug? Would you list your wearing blender? I mean, I know that you probably put things like TVs and furniture and things like that, but I'm just wondering, is there a point at some point where, all right, that's that's nickel and dime stuff. I'm going to leave that out. Yeah, typically those types of things are handled in your will. Uh, and would be passed to a beneficiary through your will. You don't typically see that, but if it's a really expensive million-dollar rug, then you might, <laughs> because that could be sold later for or for uh, money to be put into the trust if that uh, if that owner had died. So it really depends on on what it is. But something like a regular fifty-dollar rug from off Amazon would probably pass by way of your will. I keep my million-dollar rug rolled up in the basement. Is there a difference between how a will and a trust is executed? The person who has set up the will and or the trust passes away. Which one gets read first, and how does that process work? Well, they're separate documents, so the, whatever was titled in the name of the trust, you would look to that document really separately of the will. The I mean, they'd be read at the same time probably, but the trust assets would pass by whatever the trust document says. So if it says in in a trust document you have two parents that give money to two kids, then that's what would happen to that trust, whereas the will would be read, and if the parents are giving the money to their nieces and nephews, then that money would be separated out and passed out. Uh, We would have to go through the probate process, of course, because it's going through the will. Uh, but really, you're you're sort of reading them separately because they are separate documents and separate enti- and become separate entities. Is there a cost similarity or differential to a will or a trust? Depends on how complicated the trust becomes. If it's a pretty complicated estate where you've got a multi-million dollar estate and that trust could become pretty complicated. That could be a couple thousand, even more, depending. And then a will could be $500 or or between $5,000 and $1,000. So there's really a, a pretty big difference. A will is very straightforward. I want all my money to go to my wife and then my my kids, and, and you move on. Um, so whereas the trust, it'll set out who is the trustee, who are the beneficiaries, when can they receive money, 
And so it's, it's very strict in that way. Lysol, is there an age demographic difference between when people set up wills or trusts? Number one, at what, shall we say, minimum age do people begin to do that? And secondly, do people do wills and trusts at the same time? Do they stagger it? How does that work? That's a good question. So it all depends on your what you have for assets. If you're a 25-year-old and you're just starting your career, you have some retirement accounts, those retirement accounts are going to, and this is going to be a step away from what we're talking about today, but their retirement accounts would uh, be distributed by way of a beneficiary designation, so completely separate of a will and a trust. So they probably just need a simple, that 25-year-old probably needs a simple will that says, I have a house and if I die, it goes to whatever family member. So they're probably more of a simple case, whereas somebody who's in their 40s, 50s, now they're starting to accumulate wealth or maybe they've sold a business and they have a pretty significant amount that they've received from that, they're probably starting to think about setting up a trust and they definitely hopefully have had a will that whole time as well, Uh, but you might consider setting up a trust because now you're starting to accumulate pretty significant assets and you might have some feelings towards how your beneficiaries, or maybe it's your children, would inherit that money and what they would do with it. So those are some examples. Everybody's situation is different, uh, so it really just depends on, on your specific situation. And conversely, at the upper end of the age scale, have you had examples of someone who is 50, 60, 70, who says, you know what, I don't have a will, or I don't have a trust, and even at that quote-unquote, advanced age, they think this is the time, and people do do it despite the fact they're getting on in years. Yeah, exactly. And I've had some clients that are in their 60s and 70s that don't have it. They just never had a will. And what happens is if they were to pass away, the state will decide how their money gets distributed. So it's really, really important to set out your wishes and and make sure that the money that you've earned over your lifetime is passed out in the way that you'd like it to be. And I think it's important to just point out the other side of the coin, too, the downside of what happens if you pass away at any age, whether it's young, middle, old, and you don't have a will or you don't have a trust. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's what happens. The state will decide how your money is distributed. Typically, if you have a spouse, most of it would go to the spouse. But if you have kids, then it becomes a little more complicated. And if you have no family, then you might have some people fighting over money as well. Like if you think of Prince, for example, uh, the famous singer who didn't have a will. And now people are fighting over who's supposed to inherit the money. And I was closest to him and this and that. So you just you you remove all doubt or questions about where your money or your assets were supposed to go when you have a will. And then if you'd like to have further control of it, then a trust may be one that you would consider. Now, Liesl, you are a financial advisor, senior vice president and financial advisor at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky. Do you do trust? Do you do wills? Or are you in the advisory position where you t- tell people that you go someplace else to get this, and here's what I would put in that trust or that will? Yeah, exactly. We would collaborate with an estate attorney who would actually draft the will. But this is one of the t- topics that we cover with our clients as part of our strategic planning process, plan, the plan well, invest well, live well process. And uh, so that's part of 
it's, it's one piece of that entire process and just making sure that things are titled properly. And if you'd like to add a trust to add more control or avoid probate or all, or uh, avoid taxes, if you have a bigger estate, then that's something that would be applicable in that case. And that's what we work on. And so if you need some help with that, of course, you can check out our website at whzwealth.com or give us a call at 860-928-2341, and we can help you think through what that might look like for you. And Liza, what are your words for someone who says, eh, I haven't got time for that. I'll, I'll do it somewhere down the road. How time-consuming is it to create a will and or a trust? Uh, you probably are having one to two meetings with an attorney. They draft it, and then you go back, read the draft, and likely sign a final copy. It's a bit the um, hardest part, I think, and what, what trips people up is the fact that they have to think about oh, who's going to be the trustee of that trust or who's going to be the executor of my will? That's where I think we see people get tripped up the most is picking somebody that they trust. And if they don't have somebody that they trust, then they could hire a professional, whether it's a corporate trustee of a trust, or, which would be like a bank, for example, or, um, or uh, an attorney, something like that. So there's options that you have. Don't get tripped up on some of the simple things. Have a professional like us or an attorney help you walk through that. So to sum things up, what do you say to our listeners who may have been delaying estate planning or thought that a trust was only for very wealthy people? Sure, I would say if you'd like control if you, or if you'd like to avoid probate or help to manage some estate taxes, a trust is, is probably the right document that you may want to consider with an attorney and a, a financial professional. Interesting information, important information on why you should probably create a trust in addition to a will. Liesl, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, Wayne. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors offer securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, Connecticut, 06259. Now at 392A Merrow Road in Tolland, 06084. Phone number there is 860-928-2341. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, please visit whzwealth.com. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.